Hello folks and welcome to episode 17 of Passive Aggressive Film Reviews. My name's Richard Shittlebob. And I'm Nathaniel Barrett-Moore. How's it going Nathaniel? Alright Richard, alright, not too bad at all, thanks for asking. Um, there's one event or thought that's been kind of dominating things for the, over the past uh, week or two Richard. It'd be interesting to get your take on things. Go on. Uh, well you're familiar with my, with my beloved Anushka aren't you? Um, uh, I am, yes, I've seen many pictures of her. Yes. Uh, you I still haven't let me meet her. Well, that, that's obviously self-explanatory. Well, uh, you can, go on. I'm sure you'll get your moment when you're ready. Um, but everything's going swimmingly. We're getting on like a house on fire and still mm-hmm. uh, romping away like, uh, like, like two teenagers. Uh, but she wants a baby, Richard. Mm. She wants a baby and, she, and she's pretty adamant. She's keen on trying on getting started straight away. What, what do you think? Um, I mean, obviously, I think that it's... The, the purpose of, of, of coupling is to is to reproduce. Yeah. Um, obviously, preferably not not outside of wedlock. Right. Um, so I think you should... I think you should marry the woman and, and grant her wish. My word. You, you, I'll tell you what, Richard, you've been incredibly helpful there because obviously uh, I'm not keen on this, this event at all. Mm-hmm. I'm all for the uh, the practice and putting the work in as such, but um, not for the end result. You like the Roger in, not like the fathering, but not the screaming. Is that right? That's it, yeah. Disgrace. Uh, so I've been thinking about you know, ways to kind of dodge this this situation and the old marriage wedlock thing. That that, that could work a, work a treat, to be honest with you. Had you thought of that? I hadn't thought of that. No, not at all. That, that 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 I mean that's just blindingly obvious, isn't it? Why why didn't that occur to you first? Well, the, the thought of marriage and uh, it, it never enters my thoughts, but it, it's such an alien concept to me. How long have you been with her? Um, how long has it been now? It must be about what near, near six months. So we're still in the early stages. Six months. Yeah. That's early stages. I would say so, Richard. Yeah, you, you think that's uh, quite a long stretch. I proposed to Yvonne after two weeks. That's because you're an idiot. And we we shared 30 years of blissful marriage. Yes. Until she betrayed me. Yeah. Well, there you go. Well, that's the exception that proves the rule, isn't it, really? I mean, uh, I wouldn't be thinking that relationship counsellors would be advising them that, that you ask your, your, your girlfriend to marry her after so many weeks. You should have a Two lot weeks. Of, two weeks, okay, yes. Uh, should have a lot more preparation than that, I'd have thought. Well, that's been 30 years. Yeah, but how many of it would happen? 29. Well, that's, that's decent going. Mm-hmm. You've done well, Richard, you've done well. <laughs> but uh, if things don't go the way that uh, I hope they go, Richard, it, it could jeopardise the relationship. I, I'm forced to admit that. What do you mean by that? I don't, I don't understand that. Well, there's no way that I'm going to give my life away by bringing a squealing, useless human being into, into the world. You know, um, it's just not going to happen. So but a second ago, you said you were contemplating the wedlock and then the child. Well, as, obviously, as, as, a, as an excuse to get out of it, uh, saying that it's, uh, it's an issue that they're against marriage, but if I insist that the fact that, that we do get married before we, we knock one out as such, then that might just uh, put a halt to things. That's, that's, that's a devious mind you've got at work there. Well, you see, you know, it, it, uh, means to an end, really, Richard. Let me ask you this. Yeah. If she said to you, it's a, it's a child, or we're through, we're done. Yeah. What are you going to say? Well, I'll try and bat that one off a little bit. I mean, that's that's what it's going to boil down to eventually, isn't it? You're quite right. Uh, and if that question was to come about, then then we're done, basically. Because, you know, one, once a woman gets it in her head that she wants a child, yeah. 
there's there's next to no stopping them. Yeah. That it's a biological certainty that they will pursue that. Yeah. And if you're not capable, either either through um, sterility or erectile dysfunction, or in your case, because I know you've got no erectile dysfunction, some of the disgusting things you told me. Yeah. In your case, just not wanting a child, well, she'll be off, won't she, and she'll go and find someone else. Uh, yeah, that, that's another option, isn't it? What do you think? Do you, you into the fatherhood thing, Richard? Maybe you, maybe you could baby Well, I've already got two lovely children, as you know. Yeah. Um, I don't really want a third at this point in my life. And I certainly, I couldn't, well, I can't say any more, but because of a fear of, of offending people. Wow. Um, I, 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 let me just say, I couldn't have a child with Anushka. Let's just put it, leave it at that. I think we know where you're headed with that one, so thanks for holding back. Uh, okay, well, that's just an option. I just wanted to put it out there, you know. You, you wouldn't want me to father her child. Why well, not? And then you bring the child up? No, goodness me, no. Of course I don't bring the child up. You'd have to be the father, Richard, so you'd, uh, you'd do your business, you'd impregnate her, uh-huh. uh, you'd, yeah, and you'd be a parent to that child. And, and what She'd be happy, I'd be happy, and hopefully you would. What do you get out of it? I'm about from the parent situation, aren't I? She gets the baby, you bring the kid up, Jobs are good. So let, let me get this straight. I I, I am then uh, saddled with a child for the next eighteen years. Yes. Well, and, and for the next eighteen years, you and Anushka are off bonking like rabbits. Pretty much. That's that, that's the kind of situation I've got in my head. Yeah. Totally. That's one of the most unrealistic proposals I've ever heard. Well, you got to think out the box sometimes, Richard, and uh, I'm thinking out the box. I'll do it for a million pounds. Well, I haven't got a million pounds, so that, that one's dead in the water, then. I'll do it for a hundred thousand. No, no, it hasn't got a financial tag on it, no. Mm. I can't divorce. <laughs> Not about that. Anything else? Well, yeah, she also... Knows... But that's a big one. That's a big yeah, one. It's a big one, isn't it? I know. Yeah, anything else? It's a big one to kind of uh, cogitate at the start of the year. Uh, but she also wants us to move to India for three months and go and live with a family. But you'd like that, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, that's a lot more appealing, obviously. Yeah, the food, the course, the music should be great. Right by the coast as well, so um, that should be a great experience, of course. Now, can I talk, can I speak English? Well, her father can get by, uh, mm-hmm. but her mother hasn't got a word. So it really? could be a little bit awkward, couldn't it? Unless I uh, learn a bit of, I think it's Urdu that she speaks. Urdu? I thought that was in Pakistan. Um, but perhaps I've got it wrong. I think you have. That's right. So uh, that just shows how, how little I know about it. I, I need to do more mm. research. Um, but obviously, I'll, being as I'm going to live with them for three months, I guess the onus lies on me to uh, to get to know their language a little. Well, it's only courteous, isn't it? It is really, yes, absolutely, yeah. You but, know, I spent a, a, a period of time in, in the Netherlands. Yes. Um, and so I learnt a little bit of... I've forgotten it now, so don't try and challenge me. Don't, don't be a smart arse. Um, but I learnt a little bit of Dutch, just to get by. Yeah. You know, just to be able to go into a shop and so forth. Um, or, to be, you know, be able to order a lamb chop. Right. Um, so I'd recommend that, that whatever language it is that, that the mother speaks, you, you know, you've got, to, you've got to learn the basics, Nathaniel. Yes, quite right. Just have to have respect and courtesy, as you say. Good morning. <laughs> Good yeah. afternoon. Yeah. I'll try that. 
learn that. Stars, yeah. Good evening. Good evening. Good one. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Good night at the end of the day. Good night, yeah. yeah. So we need to be able to say good night. Hello. Well, that's four for starters. Yeah. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> Please and thank you. These are these are essential. I'll, I'll send you a list. Actually, of course, yeah, yeah. I'll send you a list. All right, I appreciate that. Thanks for your, your help on that. Also, you know, you need to learn some basic foodstuffs. Yes. Because you, you know you, you you need to be able to you need to be able to order what you or, or request what you actually want to eat. That's true. And not be taken by surprise. Uh, yeah, I mean that, that, again that's very very obvious, isn't it? I mean. Uh, well, I'll send you a list just in case. Right. All right. I really appreciate it. You think no about it. I'll take that on board. Good. Uh, keep it up to yourself. Um. Well. I've made myself unemployed, Nathaniel. You've made yourself unemployed. Yes, I've I've I've, walked, I've turned turned my back on my editor. I've told him to go and stick it up his ass. I'm not writing for that bloody rag ever again. Oh, okay, interesting development. Is that principle driven, Richard? He he, I know he's the editor. I understand that, and I understand that that part of that role includes the privilege to edit pieces of work. Yeah. But when you take out the most important aspect of a story, especially from an experienced journalist such as myself, yes. um, that's a lot, that, that you're crossing a line. Well, without, without even asking me, without even having a discussion with me. Well, this is all heading one way, Richard, isn't it? It's obviously begging the question, what did he delete? Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm under legal obligation not to discuss oh, any further. Yeah. Um, because this is something I'm going to challenge. Because uh, I've lots of earnings now. I've, I've had to, as you say, a principled stand. And it's going to result in loss of earnings. So I can't say any more at this yeah. point. Okay, fair enough. Um, just suffice it to say that it was it was regarding uh, uh, John Terry. Oh, okay. And I made quite a salacious comment about that particular young man. Interesting that you described it salacious from, from your own mouth, would you? It was salacious. It was deliberately salacious. Right, okay. It was deliberately provocative okay. because that was that was the tone of the piece. Yes. Don't don't you get on his side. I'm not, I'm not taking sides. See, I'm just trying to pick it apart. That's what it just, it seems like you're, 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 you're ganging up against me. That's now, all. once again, you're prejudging what I'm, what I'm thinking, and, and once again, you're wrong, so uh, put that one to bed. I've given up smoking. You've given up smoking as well? Okay. I've given up smoking, Nathaniel. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm four days in. Yes. How are you going? Difficult. It's very, very difficult. Well, the, the, the best things in life that, that are always difficult, Richard, they have to be earned, worked at. I've, I've been smoking for the best part of 43 years. Yes. And to suddenly have that taken away, it's hard. I didn't realise you've been smoking for quite so long. I mean, you're only nearly 50, aren't you? I, I started smoking when I was six. Yes, yeah. Proud moment for your parents now, though. Um, well, obviously, oh, it was a boarding school. Right. Um, and we used to sneak off down to the local shop, and we would buy what were called at the time singles. 
Yes, I remember them well. And, you know, you just go into the shop and buy one cigarette. So at the time, it was, I think, three, two or three pence each. Yeah. And you'd, you know, go and have a crafty smoke. Um, six years of age. Six years of age. I'm not proud of it, Nathaniel. I'm, I'm not glad to hear that, yeah. You know, it was a lifestyle chore and it was the wrong thing to do. Um, but I've grown fond of it. That's the problem. Over the 43 years, yeah. I've grown fond of it. Are you doing anything to, to substitute? Are you, are you taking any of the patches or the, uh, you know, the, the ways to get you off it? Chewing gum. Chewing gum, okay. Is that nicotine gum, though. It's the nicotine gum. Yeah. Um, any benefit? It does not. It does absolutely nothing. Right. It's absolutely useless. Yeah. I thought as much. I've, I've, I've been in a rage the last two days, if I, if I tell you the truth. Yeah. I've been very, very short-tempered. Well, again, that not that a common side effect of, uh, of trying to wean yourself off the nicotine? Ah. What, what do you think about Whitney Houston? A, a total tangential point. Well, quite frankly, which I couldn't care less. Uh, it's just one less wilding banshee in the world, isn't it, really? That is so typical of you. Well, I think it's claim to be a libertarian, <laughs> and then when when the finest talent of her generation dies, yeah, you you say who gives a shit? Well, I didn't say that, did I? I, I, I just uh, no doubt it is obsessed a lot of people. She had a huge fan base. She gave a lot of pleasure to a lot of people. But you asked my own personal opinion, and uh, yeah, quite simply, I, I couldn't give effect now. She she was a remarkable woman who had an absolutely sensational voice, and it's a sad loss to the, to the world of music. And you don't know, if you don't realise that, Nathaniel, you're the one with the problem. Well, I, I can only tell it as I see it, Richard. I, I found it to be something of a dullard. I, I found her, her, her voice technically very good, um, but she was dull as ourselves to listen to. Um, so it wasn't inspirational. Um, wasn't anything different about her. Yeah. Let me let me ask you this then. Yeah. Who is your favourite female singer? My favourite female singer. Yes. Yeah, put me on the spot. Is That's what you're right on the spot, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. You sitting there pretending you've got a wealth of knowledge, <laughs> talking about the fact she's got she's technically very. What the bloody hell do you know? Well, obviously, Whitney, Whitney Houston was in the limelight for a long time, but it wasn't like he was very difficult to get access to. <laughs> <laughs> um, but bringing it back to, to the question, um, I think someone like Janis Joplin, uh, someone with some real soul, uh, someone who was uh, despicably ugly to look at, but was based purely on her artistic talent. Can, can you name a song by her that I might know? I, I'm not about to be, to be caught, caught up by you here, Richard. <laughs> if you want to know about Janice Joplin, I'll, I'll, I'll send you an email. Okay, you would. No I'm problem. fascinated. <laughs> Are you doing? Have you got anything else to read? One more thing. Okay. I think my Facebook account has been hacked. Really? I do. I think so. Oh yes. Um. Who tell? Well, I, I, I keep getting messages, um, calling me an old shit. <laughs> right. I mean, just, that's a hacker, isn't it? That's got to be a hacker. Well, possibly not. I mean, I'm surely it's not uh, that uncommon a term for, for your ears to hear. I've n nobody's called me that in real life. Apart from you, you're the only one that calls me names. You're, you're lying, Richard. You're telling me that in the 
nearly 60 years of you being on this planet with all your horrible views, no one... I'm nearly 50. ...old shit. I'm not 60. I'm nearly 50. Well, you look nearly 60. Don't age me by a decade. 43 years smoking hasn't had the best effect. In real life, nobody calls me names. Yeah. These must be hackers. I'm blaming it on the anonymous group. Right. Yeah. The anonymous group. You, you, you've heard of those, surely? Uh, anonymous group? Yes, the anonymous hackers, the group. I haven't. I've, no, I've never heard of them, no. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got something else that you just make up the top of it. No, do, do some bloody reading. Okay. Christ's sake. Are we done? I think we're done. Do you move on? Let's move on. Okay, folks, time for your up-to-date movie news and developments in Hollywood. And the artist has run riot at this year's BAFTAs, taking seven prizes in all. Yet to see it here at Passive Aggressive HQ, but the suspicious lack of zombies or aliens mean it may be a while yet. So Russell Crowe has turned down the chance to don the metallic suit for the remake of Robocop. Seems he will be playing Jonathan Harker in the Dracula reimagining called an Harker. Trouble is, he'll need an English accent for the role. Here we go again. Billy Connolly has landed himself a role as, war- as a warrior dwarf in the upcoming Peter Jackson Hobbit movie. He is hoping he doesn't storm off set early, accusing Jackson of heckling him unfairly. Michael Keaton must be running out of cash. How else to explain his recent indications that he's in discussions to star in Beetlejuice 2? Tim Burton is also apparently on board, though it's a long way down his priority list, it seems. Will it happen? Does anybody actually care? Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we talk about a movie on current release, and this time we're going to be discussing Chronicle. Here's the plot. Andrew, Matt and Steve, three young lads, stumble upon a hole in the ground, which leads to an underground chamber. Matt and Steve, being the boisterous, adventurous types, decide to investigate, and the more reserved Andrew is dragged along with them. What they discover is about to change their lives forever, granting them the power of telekinesis. What begins with playfully throwing balls and other small objects around escalates, as do their egos, and things begin to take a turn for the unpleasant, when revenge becomes a motivation for using their powers. You seen it, Nathaniel? Yes, I've seen it, I've seen it. I like this a lot, Richard, to be honest with you. You've given the game away straight away. What? <laughs> where, where's tension? Have you heard the word tension? Tension? Yes. Well, tension doesn't really enter my vocabulary a lot. I'm, I'm a laid-back soul. Mm. I don't understand the word tension. Well, you, 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 you might as well say nothing else, because now we know that you, that you like the film. What else is there to say? You've ruined it. Nathaniel? Yeah. Don't take me literally. Okay. Come on. (laughs) Let's have your thoughts. Come on. Handsome young men showing the audience what powers are available to to us all, given the right conditions. And I like that. You know that odd crystal thing that they went to touch under the ground? Oh, yes. It was clearly a metaphor for stimulants, Richard. For what? For stimulants. For stimulation? For stimulants? For stimulants, yes, as I've experienced on more than one occasion. Phenomena such as remote viewing and telekinesis are a possibility. For drugs? Young, a dr- that's right, drugs, that's absolutely right, yes. And these young lads, in their proficient acting, displayed that it was possible. And I really like that take on the movie. 
That's interesting. I mean, I thought it was spotty oips getting all upper tea. That's a different take. Well, that's got nothing to do with the point I've just made. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 well, thanks for giving us your opinion. So, so you think that the, the, that that large crystal thing that they touched and 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 enabled them with their powers? Yes. Was was a visual metaphor for magic mushrooms? Absolutely. So obviously they didn't want to depict that mm. uh, in, in in a was it a fifteen certificate movie? I think it was fifteen. You you couldn't have uh, young teenagers going around roaming the fields picking mushrooms. So to to display that obvious uh, notion, they used it just a, a different way of displaying it. And you and you thought that was positive. And I thought that was wholly positive. Yes. Did you? Yeah. He gave. Uh, just reminded people of the true potential within ourselves to have uh, remarkable experiences. But only when we touched a, a huge crystal underground. It does need uh, uh, a good healthy dose of some healthy stimulant. Uh, certainly has a positive effect, yes. Uh, you surprised me. I, I would have thought that you would have been some kind of, you know, tantric guru who believes that we can tap into our mind's potential through, through simple meditation. Well, you're quite right, but that takes probably 30 years of discipline and uh, and practice, Richard, and basically I'm a lazy ass. Mm. Think into a, a quick way around that. You think so? They're, they're a shortcut? They're a shortcut, yeah. You know, can't be bothered to sit there for six hours and meditate. Take some mushrooms. So the Dalai Lama, he's got it all wrong, is that what you're saying? Let's just get this on the record. Yeah. Nathaniel Barrett-Moore thinks that the Dalai Lama should be, should be stop wasting his time and taking more drugs. Well, obviously, that, that's the purest way to do it, and probably over the long term, uh, it has the most benefits, and you get the most pure effects from it, because it's it's the right and proper way to go about things. But people being people, they have busy lives, I mean, who really has got, and wants to devote hours of each day to meditate and reflect, when you can just go into your garden and pick a few mushrooms? Well, I've got, I've got time now, Nathaniel, because I'm unemployed. Well, you give it a go. So, shall I try it? Why not? You can report back to us next week, couldn't you? Shall I meditate? Yeah, I like the thought of you meditating. So I just sit in a room, though, I silently, and, and what do I need to recite? Some kind of mantra or something? You can go about it whichever way you, you deem fit, really. There's, oh, really? There's, there's many different ways to meditate, Richard. Uh, and do I need to be clothed? Well, I, I'm not going I'm not, I'm not to put suggestions in your head. It's not for me to tell you how to, how to go about things. You, you're an intelligent bloke. There's plenty of information on the internet that you can access about this subject. So just go and do your research and find your own little niche. I will. And, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to hear about that next week, actually. I'll tell you. All right, great. Lovely. Next month. Next month, yeah, of course, just beg your pardon. Changed. Yes, next month, quite right. Because of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back to the film. Go on. I enjoyed the effects, Richard, which is unusual. Um, they were low budget, and they were there to enhance the story. Just a tasty, a tasty morsel to add to it, rather than an extravaganza that, that, that distracted from the movie. So I really enjoyed that aspect. Because the special effects were, were, they were quite realistic, weren't they? As That's far as special effects go. Absolutely, yeah. It wasn't like uh, something completely fantasy driven. No. Well, it was utterly spectacular what you were witnessing. You, you, you were very much, certainly I was watching it, thinking it was actually possible, believable. It wasn't like something like the Green Lantern, where like a, a bolt of green energy pulsates out of somebody's chest. Right, nothing like that at all. That's just ridiculous. Because really nothing was happening, was it? There were no flashing lights or no, no. beams of energy. Yeah. 
It was just objects moving, and the actors, the way they were reacting, were let, letting us know what was actually happening. Yes, it had a very real feel about it. Uh, yeah. Kind of because it was done in the um, the homemade video footage style again, wasn't it? That's right, real, real footage. Becoming more fashionable these days, but it really worked in this movie. I, I was uh, again pleased with that aspect of it too. Do you think it's being overdone a little? I think it's going to be not quite just yet, Richard, but it, we're reaching the cusp. I think it's going that way, isn't it's it? It's going that way, isn't it? Because it's it's obviously pretty successful. It's pulling the punters in. It, it's still quite novel. Yeah. Um, but yes, it'll, it'll get dull very quickly, I think. Name me five real footage movies. Paranormal Activity 1. Yes. Paranormal Activity 2. Oh, you... you yes, oh, go on. Paranormal Activity 3. You cheat. And... Oh, goodness me, I want to tip my tongue there, Richard, and it's gone. No. <laughs> Come on. I'm trying to buy myself time here, Richard. You can do it. Uh, there was a oh, there was a possession movie. Obviously, Massive horror movie. Uh, One of the most successful films of all time that, in terms that, of that, profits. That's not helping, Richard. Come on. It's just making me look even more stupid. Five. Uh, yeah. Four. Three. Uh, no, it's gone. It's gone. <laughs> you, 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 bloody imbecile. Blair Witch. Blair Witch Project, of course. Good Lord. Cloverfield. Yes. Just to name two more for you. Uh, what was what? Go on, you like me, Richard? You movie guru, you. What was the uh, possession film I was thinking of? Uh, it could be the Last Exorcism. There we go. That's the baby. There we go. You're a genius. Thank you. Um, yeah. So, but not much to add, really, Richard. It was pretty simple fare, but it was pretty effective. You enjoyed uh, it, didn't you? I did very much enjoy it. Yeah, which is, and I don't particularly go for the super hero genre. Uh, no. Mm, but yes, it's not a straight superhero, though, is it? No, not at all. There's a bit of superhero, there's a bit of anti-hero. Uh, mm. There's a lot of different uh, angles to look at it from. I thought that it was... I thought the special effects were poor, personally. Really? And they were, they were massively, uh, massively underused, sorry. Right. But I didn't think they were very good. I thought the script was, was dreadful. Right. Just lots of people screaming and shouting and, and using the word like in inappropriate places. Okay, yeah. Um, there were the, the, the script writers were, were, were particularly lazy in that they didn't answer any questions. Right, what do you refer to when you say that? Why was why was Andrew the, the, the stronger of the three? So that's not giving anything away. It was in the trailer. Yeah. Why? 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 Well, it's pretty clear why, isn't it, Richard? It's pretty clear why when you, when you give a, an iota of thought to it. I've, I've devoted huge amounts of mental energy to I'm it. Sure and I, I, haven't, I haven't come to a conclusion. Right. Well, uh, again, we're, we're touching on the, the territory there, but we're giving too much away, aren't we? We'd, we'd, That's would be a spoiler, do you think don't so? spoil it for the listeners, do we? But um, listeners, to just take my word for it, don't listen to this bumbling idiot. Uh, it's pretty clear why this guy, Andrew, is, has more power than his two comrades. What's that thing under the ground? Where did it come from? Who put it there? It's a bit of a mystery, isn't it? It's all left very vague. That, that must have been intentional. Uh, I'll tell you one take I did about Richard. I just thought this off the top of my head. Uh, aren't there kind of um, similarities, but only in reverse, of course, with the, the kryptonite of Superman? That, well, that is, that's an interesting thought, isn't it? And certainly one that I'd had myself as well. Yeah. Um, you know, a glowing green crystal... That in Superman's case, of course, um, robs him of his powers. Yeah. 
and this is the this is the exact opposite. Yeah. Um, so no, it's a good observation, well made. Thank you. <laughs> now, what did you think, Nathaniel, of the CGI that was used to make the black guy look muscular? Oh, here we go. Uh, well, I, I didn't see it that way at all, Richard. I just thought he was a, a very fit, athletic young young fella, handsome, may I say, uh, that didn't require any CGI to, to, to show his, his wares off. That, that was, that, that's clearly he, that, that, not his real body. Much like Captain America last year, much like uh, the, the, the Swords and Sandals Fantasy 300, CGI to make the actors look more muscular. Why? Well, it's one of those, I'm going to fall either way, because obviously either Bouty or Superior observational skills, or you, you, you're being a, a total knobhead and seeing things that aren't there. Um, <laughs> which way do I fall? I don't know. <laughs> um, why would they, if that was the case, let's just take the, the argument there that you are right. Yes, why which would, I am. Why would, why would they do that? What would be the reason? Um, to, because he was, the, like the, 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 he was running for the for the college president role, wasn't he? And in America, you have to be beautiful to be successful. So they were trying to make him look even more. Because you're quite right with what you say. He's a very good-looking young man. Yeah. So then making him muscular as well just fits that American ideal even further. Right, okay, so it, it, you, you're making the suggestion there that he's probably some spindly little wimp-type person who they've just CGI'd to make look muscular. I don't think he's like a Mr. Muscle character. Right. I don't think he's like that. But I, I think he's more normal than he appears in the movie. That's as far as I'll go. Yeah. Because, I mean, surely you're familiar with the stereotype that, that exists. But again, with all stereotypes, there's often an inkling of truth. I mean, being a, a tall, rather handsome young black lad, mm -hmm. uh, they do tend to be, in general terms, more athletic, more sinewy, more muscly. You wouldn't think he would need uh, CGI to uh, to man him up. I, 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 listeners, I can I can only apologise um, to Nathaniel's outrageous stereotyping and 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 hitherto unseen depth of racism. Right. That's an appalling thing that you just said, Nathaniel. To have you make that statement online is just, well, that, that takes me to places that, that, that are rather unusual. This was a blasphemous movie. Um, yeah. It was man playing God. Yes. That makes no sense. Why well, uh, God, Richard? Well, uh, it was man playing God. How? 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 The three boys... Yes. ...with superpowers... Yes. ...doing things that only God ought to be able to do. I'm not sure that's the case, Richard. I mean, you know, Jesus with his miracles. I mean, you're going back a few thousand years, aren't you? The military would have utterly destroyed them. Right. It was implausible. Yeah, it would have been made for a, more, uh, a very interesting film, though, would it really? You know, if, if the, the armed forces had turned up on the scene and just kicked ass, it wouldn't have been uh, very intriguing, would it? I'll tell you, I'll tell you that your problem, Nathaniel. Go on. You've got a bloody answer for everything. <laughs> I really have. 
You've got a bloody answer for everything. I've just got an opinion, Richard. One of these days, you'll listen to what I'm saying to you. I do. You're not. taking on board. Yeah, I take your, your, your words on board. I give them the chance they deserve. It's just that often they're, they're horrible. <laughs> this was children running around playing cowboys and Indians. You might call that entertainment, Nathaniel, but I don't. Fair enough. Do you want my rating? I'd love your rating. It's two out of ten. I think that's a ridiculously low rating for such a, a simple and enjoyable movie. This was, this was very enjoyable indeed. Eight out of ten. OK, time for some discussion on our classic movie slot. And this week we're going to be talking about Clint Eastwood's Gran Torino, the plot. Walt Kowalski is a veteran of the Vietnam War. And so when an Asian family move in next door, he's none too impressed. Especially when one of them tries to steal his beloved Gran Torino. This thorny relationship begins to mellow out when he discovers that gang culture is the real menace of the neighbourhood, and when one of the gangs begins to terrorise his new neighbours, Walt steps in to warn them off. He ends up becoming really close to them, appreciative of their kindness and generosity, culminating in him making a great sacrifice for both himself and his new friends. You seen this, Richard? Of course I have. Of course I have. And your thoughts? Um, I'm going to start with a question. Very well. Did you believe in the Clint Eastwood character. Did I believe in him? Mm. I utterly believed in him, Richard, yes. Did you? I thought he was the real deal. Uh, let me ask another question. Right. What was so special about the damn car? That's very, very fair point. Absolutely nothing. Mm. It was a car from the 1970s. So why was he obsessed with it? Well, he, I'm sure he had his own reasons. <laughs> you know, people have uh, strange kind of uh, affections and fetishes for, for strange objects, which you... It was never explained, though, was it, in the film? It wasn't a state, but it, it's not uh, an alien concept, is it, for, 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 for a person, particularly uh, a rather emasculated man, to have feelings of affection for his car. Do you think, Nathaniel, that it could be possible yes. that the reason that he loved that car, that Gran Torino, so much... Yes. ...is because it came from 1972, and he yearned to go back to those simpler times. So it was a symbol of a, of a, of a period in his life in which he was happy. Could that be possible? That, that resonates, Richard, yes. It, it, it could well be possible. I, I can... I empathise utterly... With, with, with Walt Kowalski's character. I thought you might. He, he was just magnificent. He, he, it's Clint Eastwood, isn't it? He? He's done it to me again, Nathaniel. Yes, I've admitted it. He, he's, he's just so captivating on screen. Yeah. You can't take your eyes off him. He's certainly an enigmatic creature. I'll, I'll Star power. Him. He has got star power, and I'll, I'll go that far. Yes, absolutely. I'm with you all the way on there. Star power. I imagine when he walks into a room, the, the whole place lights up. It becomes a glow with his, the, 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 the energy of his very presence. Well, maybe if Clint does that, it would have that effect, that real utter charismatic effulgence that he must uh, put out into a room. But... I wouldn't imagine the Walt Kowalski character would uh, have that effect on um, on a room. No, because he, he, he's 
He's quite a curmudgeonly old sort, isn't he? He certainly is a curmudgeonly old sort. Whoa! Whoa. What, what would you say is the most famous line in this movie? Get off my lawn. Get off my lawn. Absolutely, I, I, I totally agree with you. Um, and doesn't that just sum him up perfectly? I suppose it does. Uh, in, in, no, not perfectly, Richard, no. It no? Sums him up perfectly. It certainly sums him up perfectly as regards his um, curmudgeonly ways and attitudes. Yes. But um, obviously there are, there are different aspects to Mr. Kowalski that uh, become apparent as, as the movie progresses. Well, he develops, doesn't he? He grows as the movie progresses. I'm glad you're using those terms, Richard. He does. Um, yes. So, at the point at which that line is spoken, absolutely captures his his, his state of mind. Yes, I get on. I'm totally agreeing with you, yes. Kowalski, it's a Polish name, isn't it? It is indeed. So let me ask you this. How come he looks like Clint Eastwood? <laughs> I don't know, Richard. You'd have to, I, I, I can't answer that question. You, you're better off directing that kind of inquiry to the relevant departments. I mean, he, he looks about as American as it's possible to be. You're quite right. When you look at that man, you, you're hardly thinking Warsaw, are you? I'm not thinking Poland. I'm not, think, I'm not thinking sucking sauerkraut through a fork. <laughs> you know, that'd be German, Richard, but okay. The Polish eat it as well. I've seen it in, I've seen it in the supermarket. Well, when, you, when you think of Poland, you don't think sauerkraut, surely do you? I think of sauerkraut. I think of garlic sausage. Right. I think of meat okay. flavoured with uh, paprika. I think of, of, of mackerel in tins with, with cabbage. <laughs> Okay, well, I, you could have done a lot worse, Richard. You could have done much worse. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. What nationality were his neighbours? They were. That's a, that's a fine question, actually. Mm. Shall I tell you? Go on, you're going to delight in this, aren't you? <laughs> they were Hmong. Well, I didn't realise that was a nationality. Well, they're Hmong people. Yes. And now, Hmong people are mountain dwellers. Right. Uh, they hail from Vietnam, from Thailand, Laos, and China. So can we actually call it a nationality? So it's a split hairs, Richard, but still, I'm a stickler for terms. Well, let's call it a lifestyle. A lot, you know, a, a bit like the river, the boat people from Vietnam. They sometimes live in Cambodia as well, but we but we could, we think of them as being Vietnamese. Well, I need to bring you back to the start of the question then, Richard, because uh, yes. you're, you're looking at it often enough, so I want to address it whenever I can. You said what nationality are they, and I, I couldn't answer you, but if you'd have asked me what uh, what lifestyle they led, or mm. uh, another label, then I could have told you that it was Hmong. You would have said Hmong, Richard. I would indeed. You, you are an outrageous liar. <laughs> that is absolutely outrageous. <laughs> 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 Once the answer's been given, suddenly, oh yes, yes, I knew that. No, that would be wrong. You are but full of shit. I can't prove it, so carry on. They're mountain dwellers. Yes. From from that particular area of Asia. So how come they're living at ground level in Detroit? Perhaps they fancy the changes. They can't. They can't be comfortable at that at that altitude. Well, we, we don't know the circumstances, do we? It's just like you to get so uh, arsy about such a, a trivial thing. 
they were okay. They're mountain dwellers, good knowledge, but let's just say they adjusted to the altitude and, and they wanted to live a Western life. You wouldn't be happy living at two thousand, you know, in a mountain, two thousand feet up, in the middle of Vietnam. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I might be. I don't know. Perhaps it takes an adjustment. I didn't realise it was such a relevant point of the movie. The Hmong family. Um, this is this is a fact. Open your ears. Oh, you ready? Yeah. They were amateur actors. Right. Clint uh, cast them from the actual neighbourhood in which the film is set. Right. So that's why they're all a bit shit. And conversely, making him look even better. Well, see, there, there, there was some complaint about the ability of those those, those people, their, their acting skills. Um, but I, I think those people being particularly harsh. Right. Clint cast them for the sake of realism, which is which is perfectly fine. And so you have to tolerate the fact that they're not professionals. Well, I. Uh... I sort of disagree with that point, Richard, because they, 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 they do an adequate performance. They're, they're, obviously, they're not uh, Oscar winners. No. Um, but as you say, that, 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 that's not really the point. But I would think that uh, you're a little bit stunted in your opinion that Clint would cast them just for that reason. I think, let's face it, Mr. Eastwood, although he's an enigmatic source and his characters are full of charisma, yes. um, he's not the best actor in the world, is he? Oh. I don't like I don't like hearing you say bad things about Clint. Um, yeah, I'm not I'm not saying he's got his talents. I mean, I mean, his presence on screen is um, undeniable. Mm. But you know, when you compare him to uh, I don't know other actors in the field, they're a lot more proficient at what they do. That, that was a spectacular moment where you paused there. Yes. Tried to think of an actor. Yes. And you couldn't think of a single name. <laughs> that was remarkable. <laughs> No, I actually could, Richard, but all the names that left in my mind were equally as, uh, as banal as he is in the acting scenes. You're thinking of, of Pacino or De Niro, aren't you? Somebody like that. That's right, you're quite right. Thanks for digging me out of the hole. There we go. I thought I'd get you out of trouble there. Yeah. And, and did you notice how I did it subtly so nobody else would have known? Yeah, that's quite right. I, wouldn't, I, I don't want to humiliate you on it. No, you were very gentle with me, Richard. Thanks very much. <laughs> but no... I'd, I have to, I have to agree to a certain extent that, that Clint is not the finest actor. It's his charisma, isn't it, that, that that makes him? Yes, he brings his own talents to the field. Is this a feel-good film? Yes. You think as simple as that? Yes. Uh, it's not again. It's not an obvious feel-good movie mm. in, the, in the way as some people would choose rom-coms as feel-good movies. You know, happy, Ooh. easy, easy watches. Okay. Uh, but obviously, again, the, without giving too much away, the, the, there is a definite feel-good element to it. Did you know that Eastwood's son, Scott, featured in the movie uh, playing a character called Trey, right. and his other son, Kyle, actually composed the score? I didn't know that, no. Keep it in the family, Clint. Yeah. And also, Clint sang the title song at the end of the movie. Yes, I got that, yeah. You, got, you picked that up, did you? Yeah. I mean, it's hard to believe that he's 81 and he's not only is he directing and acting in films, he's writing bloody songs for them as well. Yeah, I think that's just ego coming to the fore a bit too much for me, Richard. I mean, oh, really? Yeah, I do, yeah. I mean, isn't it enough to direct, take the lead role? You've got to sing the song in the bloody thing as well. Mm. If you think about the pie, Eastwood, let someone else have a go. 
He's a bit like Dennis Waterman, isn't he, really? <laughs> well, <laughs> he's a bit like Dennis Waterman. You've got to back that point up, Richard. But, you know, he, 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 appears, he appears in the TV show, sometimes writes a little bit for them, and also sings the theme oh, songs theme theme for them. Oh, yeah, OK, yeah. Oh, the, re- the reference was valid. Yeah. Um, yeah, in that regard, yes, you're right, yes. Mm. Any more thoughts? Well, I haven't said any yet, Richard. Oh, do, go on. <laughs> oh, I've, been, I've been banging on, I've been banging the drum. Go on, yeah, sorry, Nathaniel. Uh, it is a very good movie, Richard, of course it is. It's, um, mm. it's fantastic. But I simply cannot and will not contain the, the racist evidence of the movie, Richard. You know, terms like spooks, gooks, mm. fish heads. It's yes. just unacceptable, Richard. It's 2012. It's, it's, it's very, very insulting and derogatory and um, they should be consigned to history. But isn't that the point? I don't care what the point is, Richard. The, 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 you know, you're missing the point in by trying to make a point. That those terms in movies... Uh, should no longer be heard. So, you're, what, are you never going to watch Full Metal Jacket because they use the word gooks? If I thought, well, it's, it's a difficult one to, to try and distinguish, which it isn't because uh, I, I think that there should be some sort of legislation put in place where, where you are forewarned as to the kind of language that exists within the movie and then you can choose to watch it or not. Uh, I personally don't want to hear the term gooks and fishheads. It, it's, um, it, it's simply unacceptable. The, 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 this... That very procedure that you're talking about is currently available. Yeah. As, as as a journalist, you should know this. Right. The BBFC provide detailed analysis of a movie. Not only do they rate them, but they provide detailed analysis. So you, if you choose to, you can go and look and figure out why something's a 15 or an 18 and then make an educated choice as to whether to watch the film. Do they make specific references to dialogue in those... Uh those articles? Yes, they do. Oh, fair enough. Okay, well, that's, that's a good resource then. Specific um, reference to, 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 to terms used, to any sexual activity, to any drug-related activity, any gore, it breaks everything down and specifies precisely what you're going to see. Right, okay, well, I'll take that on board, Richard. Mm. I wouldn't have watched this movie if I'd have known that those terms would have been used. But how could you portray a, an aged, racist, Polish immigrant without using those terms? I wouldn't. I don't want to watch a movie with an aged, racist in it, Richard. That's the whole. Oh, I see. You're right. But that, that's it. That, that's just, it just goes against the grain. What, what about Quentin Tarantino films? His, his use of the word nigger. Again, exactly the same point. You highlighted my point beautifully. Mm. Um, I don't want to watch that at all. It's, um, it's disgusting. Uh, it's time that, that uh, people moved on, and we're never going to move on from those horrible terms if we keep seeing them in movies, Richard. Well, I can't agree on any on, uh, at all with that point. Um, I think it is important that we, that we don't use racist terms whenever possible. You're, I, I, I'm very, very open-minded, as you know. Uh, <laughs> but I can't agree with that. We have to portray real life. No, no, we don't. No. <laughs> no. All right. All right. We have to agree to differ. Well, yeah. Other thoughts? Well, I just felt I felt sorry for the poor family. Uh, they they moved to a different country, and they've had the misfortune to just move next to this bigoted old twat. Mm. Uh, that's what he was, wasn't it? Really, uh, mm. uh, he was a total fuck up. You know, he, he certainly proved that the horrors of war have a blight on a person's soul. Um, 
I suggest that the, rather than drink the amount of alcohol that, that Mr. Kowalski did and, the, and smoke the amount of cigarettes that he did, he needed a joint or two to chill him out a bit, I think. I, I don't think he would have con- contemplated that, even though I have seen in several Vietnam movies um, that the soldiers did did enjoy a spot of marijuana from time to time. Yeah. Kowalski didn't strike me as that sort. No, no, absolutely not. He, he was very much uh, of the old guard, but he could have done with a couple, Richard. He was moral. He was yes. ethical. He was correct. Well, let's not get into that debate, because I'm going to disagree with the... No, he wasn't, he's not going to smoke, smoke the wacky backy, is he? Well, you know, if, if I'd have got round, you know, I'd have had a beer with him, and would, I'd have suggested that he might want to try, you know, after three or four cans. Would, would you have done what he did to me, where you, you bake him a cake and don't tell him that you've, you've put something in it? Well, possibly not, because Quinn's uh, probably a lot more dangerous man than what you are. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'd only have to take a few steps away from you and I'll be able to get away from you in no time because you can't run. Um, but, you know, if Mr. East would just catch hold of you, I'm pretty sure he'd give you a damn good hiding. I agree with you on the point about Clint, but I don't know, where, where's this nonsense coming from that I can't run? Well, you're not the fittest gentleman in the world, are you, Richard? I'm, 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 I'm lost for words. How, how, how do you think you know this? Where's this knowledge coming from? Well, obviously, I've seen you in the flesh on occasion, mm. and, uh, you know, you, you carry a little bit too much weight. Uh, all you do is sit on the couch and, uh, and grumble and moan and eat crap. Mm. Um, all I'm saying is that I'd be able to run away from you very easily uh, let me tell you Nathaniel if, yes. you, if you came to a fist I've told you this before if you came to a fist point right. there'd, there'd be only one winner and it wouldn't be you but I wouldn't fight you Richard I wouldn't fight you that's just the thing I wouldn't get into that I, I, I'm not a fight I'm a lover not a fighter Richard I'd, I'd get you in a corner yeah so you couldn't run yeah and I'd beat the living shit out of you I'll I, I touch your penis, but you then you'll be helpless. Oh. You shouldn't make promises you're not prepared to keep. <laughs> on air. Uh, any other, come on, any other thoughts? You're, you're, you're drifting off the film. Sorry, yes, I am. Uh, so, yeah, you've got, like, the juxtaposition of Walker Vasquez. It's pretty to tell to begin with. Uh, but then you've got the, the rather amazing ending where um, he reveals a whole different side to himself, uh, which is what gave the, the movie huge credit. Yes. You, you, you're a big fan of an ending, aren't you? I do like an ending, yes, in more ways. It's quite often. Yeah, and I, I like I like a twist. I, I, I like a pertin- I don't want films that just drift into an ending where... Ah, yeah, an ending should be something special. It's, it, it's the thing that sticks in the memory, isn't it, an ending? It, well, it is. It is. Uh, it so, is. yeah, I, I like a bit of power to my ends. What would you say is the most inspiring ending to a movie that you've ever seen? I've inspiring anything that I've ever seen. Jeez. Can, can, you, can you think of one ob- an obvious candidate? Well, obviously, Richard, I'm, uh, I'm back in my brain now. I'm, I'm going through my, some of my favourite movies. Mm. Um, possibly Seven, I think, is the one that leaps to mind. Well, it didn't exactly leap, it, it kind of crawled to mind. Yes, uh, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Uh, the Brad Pitt film, Morgan Freeman, you familiar with it? Oh, of course, it is. Watching the box. Absolutely remarkable ending to that. I remember yep. my, my stomach was doing insides as I was watching it. Powerful. insides. It was powerful stuff. It was horrible, really, wasn't it? It was. It was absolutely horrific. Um, mm. But did that answer your question? Well, the, I mean, the only, the only 
thing that made that vaguely tolerable was the fact it was Gwyneth Paltrow's head in the box. <laughs> I didn't think she right deserved the treatment that she that she got. Mm. Uh, oldest woman that she is, um, I just feel a bit for her. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> you, 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 you've got a big heart, in the family. I have, I have, I have. Got a big heart. A copy old soul. <laughs> can I can I throw the question back at you, Richard, just for uh, interest sake? Oh. I think I'd have to say Rocky 2. Rocky 2? I've got I've never seen it. You know, it's, it's, it's a real... You say you like a twist ending. Yeah. And this, this one takes you... It really takes you by surprise because what happens is um, in Rocky 1, Rocky finds his character called Apollo Creed. Yes. Um, and gets battered and loses. Yes. Everybody advised him in Rocky 2, don't fight this guy again, he's a monster, he'll beat you. Um, and at the end of the film, wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, he gets back in the ring, and 12 or 13 punishing rounds later, the last punch of the, before the bell goes, they're both on the, on the deck, and Rocky manages to stumble to his feet, and, and, and wins the fight. It was so unexpected, I loved it. You've been incredibly sarcastic there, Richard, aren't you? No. Yeah, you sure are. <laughs> is that the famous Adrian thing? <laughs> that is the Adrian moment, yes, oh. yeah. yeah. So you've not seen the film, but you're, you're aware of that particular sequence. I'm quite, I'm quite glad I've avoided it, haven't you? Mm. Uh, I mean, if you thought last year's Warrior was bad... Right. I don't, I don't think this one's for you. I don't think I'll, I'll be giving it much attention. Now. No. I think we've drifted, Richard. We've well, yeah, we've we done, aren't we, with Gran Torino? Should we mark it? Let's, let's mark. You, you go first. I'm gonna, it's, it's a steady. It's a good movie. I'm going to give it 7 out of 10. Um, you know, I'm going to give it exactly the same mark. 7 out of 10. Okay, folks, this is the part of the show where we discuss any other business. And what else could we talk about this particular week than Liverpool striker Louis... Suarez. Luis Suarez landed himself in further hot water on Saturday by refusing to shake hands with Patrice Evra of Manchester United. Having been found guilty of racially abusing Evra, resulting in a ban of eight matches, the pre-match handshake was seen as an opportunity to put the matter to rest once and for all. But by choosing not to shake the hand of the opposing player, Suarez guaranteed the story would rumble on and on. Thoughts, Nathaniel? Well, you've, you've, you've made a right choice here, which is something to, to talk about, because it's something I feel really passionate about here. And I'm going to keep, take some deep breaths and take it easy and just give me my opinions. He should be deported back to Uruguay as soon as is humanly possible, Richard. Perhaps there, the, his racist lights are acceptable in those backwaters of South America, but he's in England now, the new rainbow nation. And to exacerbate the situation, he then refuses to shake the hand of his opponent. He's an absolute disgrace, which is absolute disgrace. In Uruguay, it's okay to be racist. So you know that for a fact, or you just do it, do it to be uh, controversial? I'm telling you that as a fact. Okay. Then he can go back to his bloody racist corner. He can go back to his throng. He's from Uruguay. Um, and Uruguay is a country 
in the southeastern part of South America. It's home to some 3.3 million people, of whom 1.8 million live in the capital, Montevideo, and its metropolitan area. Well, thanks for the geography, Richard. Why should he shake hands with Evera? He's done nothing wrong. What do you mean he's done nothing wrong? What do you mean he's done nothing wrong, Richard? He's, he's done nothing. I can hear your rage. He's done absolutely nothing wrong. He used a term that's okay in his culture. He used it mistakenly, and now he's being lambasted. I think that's that's him digging a, a massive hole for himself there, Richard. He's not so stupid as an idiot to, to, to know that he's come to this country. Um, he's learned a certain amount of the language. He'll know what will be appropriate and what won't. He An estimated 88% of the population of Uruguay are of European descent. Go on, Nathaniel, what are you saying? He's come to this country, Richard. Mm-hmm. He knows of our rules. He knows of the cosmopolitan nature of the, of the, the country that he's coming to. He cannot use that as an excuse. If I were on the football field with you... Yes. And I, and I said to you, Hey, pal, what are you doing, pal? Stop doing that, pal. You wouldn't mind that, would you? Not particularly, no. It's the same thing. It's not the same thing at all, Richard. What was the word? I'm sure you, you, you and your uh, detailed knowledge of such matters. Was it Negrito? Negrito. Negrito. I mean, it even sounds like Negro, doesn't it? Mr. Suarez has no excuse for using those terms on an English football pitch. And to then exacerbate the situation by not admitting any humility and refusing to shake his hand, he should be deported back to his racist throng. Uruguay's only land border <laughs> is with <laughs> Rio Grande do Sol <laughs> in Brazil to the north. <laughs> I bet you think John Terry should be next, don't you, Nathaniel? Well, we, we don't know the, the, the ins and outs of what John Terry allegedly said yet, do we? We don't know the ins and outs of this particular case, particularly if you are to believe the insinuations coming from the mouth of Mr. Kenny Dalgleish. Well, unfortunately, Mr. Kenny Dalgleish has, has also not done himself any favours uh, by doing what I'm sure he thought was the right thing, in doing keeping it all in-house, the club will sort it out. That wasn't right, right to go that things at all, but he, he's, he, he's put himself in the mire as well. So what's his responsibility here, Kenny Dalgleish? To expose Luis Suarez to, yes. in the service of Liverpool Football Club, to get him sold and deported as quickly as possible. They've both apologised. They haven't apologised to Patrice ever. Uruguay <laughs> was the first South American country to legalise same-sex and different-sex civil unions at a national level. Richard, why, why are you doing this? Well, do what? Here I am working myself into a frenzy. Mm -hmm. to the despicable actions of Luis Suarez and you're giving us geographical facts about the South American country. I am very acutely aware of the trouble that I got in last time I discussed a country from South America. 
Oh, I see. Is it for Chilean? No, uh... so I'm just making sure. Right. The only time I mention the country is by issuing a statement of fact that can't be disputed. Because obviously my natural instinct is to say vile things about them. Yes. I'm having to fight it. Well, it's very noble of you, Richard, and I commend you for it, but I don't think lightning's going to strike twice, let's face it. I mean, let's face it, nobody listens to this fucking show anyway. Uh, so the, the, the chance of Chileans and Uruguayans mm. both listening to passive-aggressive film reviews is somewhat unlikely. Should Luis Suarez be sent to jail? That's up for the Uruguayan authorities to decide. As long as you're off these shores, I don't give a shit. Mm. I'm, 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 I must say I'm very surprised at you, Nathaniel. I thought you'd be far more tolerant. Tolerant? Yes. Since when, Richard, should we ever tolerate racist behaviour from a prominent sportsman. Luis Suarez's father is black. Right. And? A prominent Uruguayan footballer. I can't remember his name. I should have, I should have noted that down. A black player stated that throughout his career he's been called Negrita. And he doesn't mind. That's because he's got no self-respect. I've heard a journalist Yes. On um, Five Live yesterday, saying that if it's acceptable in Uruguay, then they need to take a look at themselves and sort out their own country. Indeed. But, uh, do you agree we, with that? I do indeed agree with that. We were on different scales of evolution, Richard, and here in the UK, uh, although not in every way, certainly, but we are somewhat evolved in certain areas. And uh, I like to think that morally we, we're quite evolved. You're racist, Nathaniel. You hate people from South America. I don't hate people from South you've, America at all. You've told me that off air. I am. Don't annoy it now. No, I <laughs> <laughs> I'm not having you slight me in this way, Richard. It's just simply unfair and it won't do. I don't hate people from South America. I treat everybody as I, as I see as I see them. As I, everyone's an individual. Um, so I won't have you making those accusations. I don't know what you're trying to make. Argentina and Brazil are Uruguay's most important trading partners. What's Uruguay's greatest export, Richard? I beg your pardon? What is Uruguay's greatest export? Greatest export? Yes. Do you know this? Yes. Coffee. Well done. I guessed. You didn't really. Well done, Richard. I guessed. Well, well, well done anyway. Thank you. <laughs> I, 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 yeah, I, I, I don't know where you're coming from with this. The matter's been sorted out now. Yeah. Let's just move on. Get on with the game. Come on. But you do, you do acknowledge that you actually uh, did some something wrong. Um, I think a lot of people found what he said to be disagreeable. You're sounding much like a politician there, which is nice to tell you the story you think, are you? And what so... Did, what did you actually think? I... You were applauding him, weren't you? I, no, I wasn't applauding him, no, because I don't think there's any, any place for uh, disrespect. See, here's, the th here's my genuine position. I don't think there should be any disrespect of any kind on a sports field. It should be, it should be gentlemen playing each other with respect. So, so what, uh, <coughs> what extent would you... Would you bring that? 
Would you have uh, swear words removed from the field of play? The referee's yellow card for swearing. I don't know how enforceable that would be, Richard, and I'm not sure I'm entirely... I don't want the, the passion taken out of the game. You can still be passionate. You can. You don't need to swear to be passionate. You don't, that's very true, but don't we like that kind of uh, instinctive sort of reaction? Um, it's only instinctive because it's allowed. If it was drilled into people from an, an early age that it was unacceptable on the field of play, you don't hear snooker players swearing, do you? You don't hear rugby players doing much of it, to be fair. You, know? you don't hear rugby players swearing. You make, you make a good point, Richard. Crucially, the, the, the respect of the officials should, should be of paramount importance and, and, and the ruling body should really be, be, be doing something about that, empowering the officials to be able to sort players out who, who cause them issues. Now, again, I entirely disagree with that, Richard. If, if the players should treat each other with complete and utter respect and, and, uh, and be competitive. Um, but if they want to uh, direct their abuse towards a, an authority figure, that's absolutely fine with me. Do you think so? Yeah, they should be allowed to keep the shit out of him. Do you think they should be able to turn around and say the referee's a wanker? No, that they should be able to hit him, Richard. The punch, punch, no, you're being silly, aren't you, really? I'm not being silly at all, no. You're uh, being silly. You don't, you've never expressed that opinion before. Well, that's probably because we never, did, you never talked about it. That's new. What is that? You don't like new things, Richard, do you? <laughs> I don't like change. I don't like change. Um, yeah, it's just that position of authority. I mean, these people, they want to become referees because of their own sad little lives. It gives them a way of some sort of power trick that they're on. No, you just take weapons to them. They, they shouldn't be allowed. They're failed policemen, aren't they, really? They are failed policemen. That's the kind of analogy I was looking for. Yeah, you thought mm. it was. Um, so any chance that players get to take down authority should be applauded. Uh, uh, I think that way lies anarchy and madness. It might be an interesting game, Richard, you can't deny that. I'd, yeah, well, I think it, for a couple of weeks it would be fascinating, wouldn't it? You know, the referee sees like a dodgy challenge, he gets his yellow card out, and John Terry just punches the shit out of him. <laughs> just snaps his fingers. Fantastic stuff, isn't it? Yeah. I, I wonder how they'd analyse that on Match of the Day. Sorry? I wonder how they'd analyse that on Match of the Day. <laughs> Well, it's, it's, a, it's an episode of Master Dad I quite look forward to watching. Uh, I don't think Alan Shearer would approve, would he, with his, with his tight trousers. Trousers are so tight you can see his bollocks. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's about, Richard. I'm not sure what he's trying to do there, but you're quite right. He hasn't gone unnoticed. They're uh, very, very peculiar. He likes to provide them, doesn't he? Tight, right? His trousers are so tight they become shiny. And he just, just sits there with his... Big muscular thighs spread wide, big bollocks on display. <laughs> I'm sure he'd he'd be he'd be supporting my new theory, Richard. I'm sure he'd love to kick the shit out of the referee, don't you? He he he, he, he like kicking anything that moved, didn't he? Really? Did he? he had an aggressive streak to him, didn't he? Who, who, whose head was it? You'll know this. Neil Lennon. Don't know anything about films. Neil you know Lennon. About sport. Neil Lennon. Yes. Yeah. He took his head off. He did. It was, a, it was a cracking challenge. <laughs> <laughs> Are we done on the on the Suarez? Yeah. Are we? I, 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 startlingly, we've revealed 
your your hidden racist agenda, um, which I didn't expect to discover. You can say what you like. The listeners know full well that I'm not a racist, is Um And it's, it's going to be, I suspect we're going to do one, what, the first week, weekend of March? First weekend of March, that's the next... That'll be the next one, so it's a couple of weeks, two or three weeks away. Um, I hope you have a lovely couple of weeks, Nathaniel. You know, we might get together and watch a movie together. I hope so. I hope we'll both make the time and the effort. So, until then, have a lovely life. Yes, have a lovely couple of weeks. Do think about the Anushka situation. Think about it carefully. Are you talking to me or the listeners? I'm talking to you. Okay. Think about it carefully. Yeah. Don't do anything foolish that you'll regret. Well, I will give it uh, due consideration and thought, and um, please don't forget to email me about that uh, the language. I will, I'll, I'll, and, and I'll also uh, do some meditating in the meantime. Great, look forward to hearing about that next time. So that's it, I think. Okay, all the best. I've enjoyed it. I've enjoyed it too. I'll see you later. See you later. Bye-bye. Bye.